Hello and welcome to the Serpent Temple bonus episode where we're going to be talking about Tolkien, going into the lore of the rings, of Lord of the Rings. We're going to be talking about the new Rings of Power TV show because uh, me and Floyd are big Tolkien fans and Floyd has a hell of a lot of knowledge. I'm joined by a first edition of the Silmarillion um, and a really beautifully illustrated Tolkien vestary um, that I proudly own. Um, that we may consult at some point during this episode, but mostly it's going to be Floyd riffing about cool stuff. That is an amazing book, by the way. Can I just say, like, I was having a little look through it before we started filming, and like some of the artwork on it, and it's like it predates the films. What well, it was like first published 79. in 1979. Yeah, and it is in. You could definitely you could tell the PJ films have taken inspiration from some of these images. Like there's a picture of Gollum in here that looks exactly like identical the yeah. Gollum in the in the series. But Rings of Power, so this has been hotly anticipated for a few years. So I think we found out that Amazon had uh, some version of some rights as early as 2019. I think it was first announced. So it's been in production for a while. I think it was halted for a bit due to uh, COVID and the pandemic. Um, yeah, so it's hotly anticipated. In a way, it's a poison chalice, in my opinion, because I do not think you will find a more fervent and defensive uh, fandom than the Tolkien fandom. And I think also it's absolutely massive shoes to fill because the Lord of the Rings film as such, the film trilogy is such a faithful, in my opinion, interpretation of the books. And I think even any retconning, any changes to the law they made in the Lord of the Rings films, I agree with everything that Peter Jackson did. Taking out Tom Bombadil, mm. getting rid of the Scouring of the Shire. There's so much of it. I was like, this makes sense for a film adaptation. Yeah, I agree. And the people that disagree, I mean, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But, I mean, can you imagine as a casual Lord, a casual film fan... <laughs> and Tom Bobadil. <laughs> yeah, you're watching this film about <laughs> hobbits and stuff. It's still relatively grounded. They get swallowed by a tree. And then some dude in a hat comes along and sings them out the tree. Yeah, and then, then his, like, naked girlfriend babes them. Also. Like, yeah. You know, and he's, like, the most powerful being in Middle-earth, but doesn't end. Yeah, he takes <laughs> the one ring and then, like, does a magic trick and makes it disappear in his Ooh. hands. This is the one yeah. thing we're all supposed to be thinking is the most important thing in Middle-earth. And this guy's just fucking about with it but yeah so i think you know totally the right choice made there but yeah so my point being that's massive shoes to fill and like i wasn't like i'm sorry to say the shem wasn't the biggest fan of the hobbit trilogy they're shite um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the undiplomatic answer but yeah no it was um i there's a lot of it that i didn't really like um it was just more bloated more than anything i just didn't felt like three films was unnecessary thing they did was horrific it really upset me that like they literally took one like a powerful godlike being and made him into a goofy, poo-covered man. Who's that? Radagast. Radagast, yeah. Yeah, see, do you know what? I'm actually not too... I'm a bit more ambivalent towards Radagast as a character, really? if I'm being honest. Yeah, I feel like... Um, they. I, I, firstly, I think Sylvester McCoy was a good casting. Yeah, I think um, it was a good casting in terms of how he looks. I yeah. do agree. He was overly goofy. And one of my main issues with uh, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings uh, films is is how they treat the wizards, to be honest. Mm. Um, I do think Radagast was kind of uh, nerfed a little bit, to coin a, a, uh, a game in term. So the is cat it? is like... Oh, bless break into the house. Sorry, distracted by this absolutely adorable cat. Oh, it's so cute. Sorry, it's just like jumped up on the windowsill and is like trying to watch us while we talk. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the cats of Queen Baruthiel? Oh my god, is, this is a this is a token thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I think I have. Yeah, yeah. The, it was one of the. She was one of the. She was either the wife of one of the stewards of Gondor, maybe one of the kings or queens. Mm. It's probably and, based on Freya and her chariot, right? Yeah, it yeah. is. 
because she had cats which were spies and she could send them around the Southlands and use them as and they could, she could communicate with them. Mm. It's like, well, I think it's one of the few anomalies in the entire legendarium that isn't like wholly explained. Mm. Tom Bombadil being one of the other ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, going back to Radagast and the Wizards. Yeah, I just feel like, um, I feel like Gandalf is significantly sillier in the Hobbit trilogy as well. Yeah, um, the whole tone in general is like, I get that The Hobbit is a book for children, but I think following Peter Jackson's trilogy with those films was kind of, maybe they should have left it a bit longer. Yeah, it was always yeah. going to be tough. And I think the Rings of Power TV show, judging by the, fair to say, mixed reaction, mm. is also suffering the same uh, issues. I, I think it's it's not as goofy as the hobbit because the hobbit was so goofy it felt insincere i think that's the problem i had i felt like the hobbit was laughing at me it was like oh you dumb idiot look there's some rabbits and i was like okay this is yeah. i, I want to I, I want the deep real shit which is what i was hoping from rings of fire and they're giving it but there are moments where i'm like maybe don't don't do the guardians of the galaxy thing with lord of the rings yeah it's to your point, yeah, there were certain scenes in The Hobbit um, that I just... There was one where Thranduil turns around to Legolas and he goes, by the way, there's a ranger wandering around that you should seek out. He goes by the name of Aragorn, or whatever he said in paraphrasing, but something to that effect. And I'm just oh. like, why would fucking Thranduil know about Aragorn? You know what I mean? Yeah, but, man. Like, no, no. He, the whole point of Aragorn is that no one gives a fuck about him in that time, like, yeah. ish period. Yeah. But the um, but you're absolutely right. Um, I think the them rings of power is it is definitely I think doing its absolute best to adhere to uh, the feel of the Tolkien world that's been brought to life in cinema previously, mm-hmm. and um, and I think for me my general takeaway of the show is that it's just a bit boring at times. I think that it. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, my thing is, I just feel like some bits are a bit too drawn out, which I normally quite like. But Same. I feel like, I feel like what the showrunners may be struggling with here, and I think it's not their fault, is the fact that they do actually have quite limited uh, rights to what they can and cannot use for this yeah. TV show. Uh, from what I've heard, they only have the rights to the appendices. Damn, that's so, some dry shit. Yeah, so they're able to make uh, references to uh, Thins in the first age and certain parts of the second age mm-hmm. through like um, like callback scenes and oh, like which flashbacks, they do which lamps, they've done. Yeah, so I think the first the scene is a uh, young Galadriel in Valinor yeah. during the Year of the I Trees. I loved that. That was really cool. I was like, I, I kind of hope they would explore that and like the crossing and. And that's the thing. I don't think they have the rights to. That's, that's the problem. Because so, like her crossing the Helcarax would be epic. Well, and this is the thing. When you watch the trailer, there's a scene of it. It looks like she's climbing the Great Wall and like yeah. from, her, in, from the uh, Game of Thrones. But I presumed that was her crossing the Hellcrack. That's what I thought as well. I thought it would be about like the crossing of elves into Middle-earth, but I guess not. No, but mm. uh, and it's apparently because they can't show it. So, mm. so they're kind of caught up in a bit of a, a licensing dispute in that regard of what they can and cannot show in the, in the show. So I think... As as a fan of the Tolkien Legendarium, I think that's the best approach to take the show. Yeah. Is look at it as if it is an adaptation, which it is. That's why I, I I do this with every Star Trek film. You know, it's a film. It like I don't know anything that's going to be because they're throwing so much money at this. When you've got that much money on the line, you're all, they're always going to play it safe. So it's never going to be that epic, immense thing of like you know loads of space loads of beautiful panoramic shots that like jackson did it's not going to be like the nerds adapt like take on the thing and all of them are adaptations essentially like yeah what you 
what you like is always going to be different to what yeah. someone else likes and i don't get mad when that happens whereas i think some people do i think some people take it very personally when it's not what they like um and i i just don't really mind it i don't i i i'm enjoying it because of what it is as opposed to what it isn't if that makes sense yeah yeah. Uh, you would have experienced a similar thing with the Wheel of Time TV show as well, right? Exactly. Like, I love Wheel of Time. I literally read the whole thing um, in, like, a very short period of time, um, like a year or two ago, and it immediately became one of my favourite things I've ever read. It's an epic work of, like, seminal fantasy, um, and it is very rightly hyped. It's, like, incredible. Like, there is so much that, you know, Game of Thrones owes to, to Wheel of Time that's, like, directly ripped from it. It's, like, literally very similar. Um, and, like, pretty much any fantasy we've enjoyed since the 90s very ripped from real of time it always will be and yeah like the tv show not the same as the books but there are 15 books and they're all <laughs> yeah. like a thousand pages long yeah. it doesn't matter like if you don't like it go read the books again yeah. you know what i mean like it's always going to be an adaptation it's the same with star wars it's the same with star trek there's always text there's always gonna there's gonna be more adaptations as well like this is definitely not the last thing that's going to be made about middle earth no oh because you know there's a uh, an animated uh Ro- rohirrim uh project in production I- i'm not gonna lie that sounds lame <laughs> <There's> <laughs> i, love Rohirrim, I but think I- there's like one image of it but it's going to be an animated i think that falls under Warner Brothers, so it's a Warner Brothers project. Okay, that's so funny. Because Warner Brothers still hold the rights to the uh, the timeline of Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits of the Third Age. If it's going to be like, because like, there's an adap- adapted Star Trek TV show, I just, I don't like that kind of animation. But if it's aimed at kids, then fair enough. It's not for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I would love, I don't know, the Rohirrim, like, oh my God, get some stunt horse guys and some nice armor with like the cute hair thing like i loved how they looked in the tv show they were gorgeous i did want more time with the Roharim. yeah yeah it's but yeah i think i think you make a very valid point you know it's at the end of the day um you know people kind of fancy book the tv show in their mind for what they want to see and a lot of the time it's just not practical and it's mm. not possible for many reasons uh one of them being you know their access to what they actually have the rights to make um and also i think just the scope of pre third age middle earth it takes place over thousands of years yeah and you know like the first age because obviously the elves are immortal uh, the dwarfs live for a very long time numenorians live for a long time um so it's very hard to convey that uh, like a passage of time in a linear tv show yeah people have trouble enough with that over a short period of time imagine that across like as you say thousands of years and on top of that like we were saying um like a few minutes ago it would have been if they did have full access to the rights it would have worked better as an episodic show like spending a season on a chapter of the Silmarillion or something like that or as you were saying on a battle or on like because there are so many epic stories in the Silmarillion like of like love and war and tragedy and loss that would like when i read it the first time i was like this would make an epic tv show yeah. and everyone says that right it's like tv show material but i if it's an episodic form you yeah. can't just do front to back and, and it's frustrating that they aren't taking that material and then making it up from scratch but at the same time like as you say they're limited so yeah. i can't I, i'm not mad at them for it um and maybe that you know that will change yeah and yeah, you're right. And it's, you know, I, I personally, you know, if it was me, I would love to see like an anthology style show focusing on different periods of 
Middle-earth, but then, you know, the, 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 but the truth of it is that's not what they have access to. Yeah. They're doing the best with what they can. And you've always got to think. And I, and I think of this when I think of the Hobbit films and, um, and the experiences I've had with younger fans who have been uh, like kids that have grown up watching the Hobbit. I say kids, there's probably adults now that grew mm-hmm. up watching the Hobbits, depressingly enough. But like, you know, there's nostalgia plays a massive part in people's and how they form an opinion about a TV show. Like, you know, I grew up with the Lord of the Rings films. There's kids that would have grown up with the Hobbit films that would idolize those films. Yeah. And there's probably going to be a younger generation of Tolkien fans or, or even fantasy fans uh, that will be watching the Lord of the Rings TV show that will be watching it thinking, yeah, this is the Middle Earth that I grew up with. You know, we were very blessed to grow up during the Peter Jackson films, which I still think, you know, that's a real lightning in the bottle moment, in my opinion. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think we'll ever see anything like that reproduced um in our in 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 the in the current landscape of film and 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 tv because it was just everything was just lined up perfectly mm. that the right location they had the right amount of backing behind it perfect so, actors yeah and just the casting was just phenomenal you know they they nearly had another guy play aragon uh, some young guy wasn't it yeah, yeah um, it's uh i can't remember his name but two weeks before they were gonna film they just swapped him out for yeah Viggo and what a masterstroke that was because you can't oh. imagine Aragorn played by anybody else honestly if Aragorn if Viggo Mortensen wasn't in that role I think that all the films would be different yeah I, I honestly think he was like he was the glue that held that all together like an anchor wasn't he was that, yeah, yeah I love that guy but um, getting so getting into the Rings of Power show itself, so mm-hmm. it's it starts off quite strong because I do like uh, I love the shot of the two trees of Valinor. I think that Sick was done shot. greatly, yeah. and I loved like they kind of did a montage showcasing some of the events of the first and second age. So Morgoth destroying the two trees, mm-hmm. uh, so they are allowed to I think make references to some things and events that happen. I just don't think the current narrative of the show is allowed to take place during those times. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the restrictions lie. So they've done a good job of kind of like setting the. Um, uh, kind of like setting the the landscape and visually it's it's stunning like i don't know how much of it is practical effects and like real real sets i've been told that it's a lot more than you expect so there's I some think it's parts. a good mix yeah yeah and and obviously that i imagine a good chunk of the what was it 750 million pound budget has went into like a lot of the digital effects because digitally it does look quite convincing as well like I thought, Casa Doom looked amazing. Yeah. So the first episode is kind of just you kind of basically Galadriel's character and arc is kind of established because I think it's quite clear from the first episode that she's going to be more or less the main character because uh, she is, and I understand why the showrunners have done this because she's one of the few characters that is a constant throughout the throughout the three ages. She's the oldest. Yeah, yeah. she is, and it's you know so they made a good choice there. Um, am I a big fan of her character? Not necessarily, but then you've got to remember I'm coming from the perspective of someone that loves um, how Galadriel's played in the books and also the Peter Jackson films. Mm. Uh, for me personally, I think the character is quite a fair deviation from the character that is portrayed in those films. Um, which, it, And I think just for me personally, it's hard for me to detach myself from the Galadriel that I'm familiar with. Um, and I understand what they're going for. I just felt like Knowing the law, the arc that she's going through currently just would have made more sense in the first age, because by the second age she's already meant to have met Celeborn, her husband, mm. had Calabrian, and has already has you know dominion over Lorien. So she's by the time of the second age and the law, she she's basically the same the same level of maturity as she is in the third age. Yeah, I know what you mean. I feel like because you, 
I, I don't hate Galadriel. She's a little bit annoying. Um, and I, I do hear you. I like when I first, I was like quite forgiving at first because I was like, you know what? She, they're, they're trying to make out she's like an elf teenager. You know, she's being literally rebellious against Gilgalad, um, who does not look like how I thought Gilgalad would look. No. Um, the she's elves, much older than Gilgalad as well. The elves look weird. The elves do not look like elves to me. It's it, it, the short hair does it for me. I think it's some of the and like the the faces are pinched, let's say. But I don't want to judge a epic book by its cover. Um, maybe I'm just being a little bit. Uh, what's the word? Shallow. Um, sorry, I'm watching the cat hunt and it's adorable. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think hopefully that, that they will change my mind because. The set, the sets are gorgeous. The lighting is beautiful. There are moments where, like, there's a moment where Galadriel. There are moments where, like, I'm looking at a shot and I'm like, this looks like a painting. It's gorgeous. And the scene with the boat, like, you can tell that was shot on water, which I I like. I respect they didn't completely green screen it. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say you think that your preconception of what an elf looked like is kind of informed by the Peter Jackson films? Even before then, but yeah, definitely. Because yeah. I remember um, reading, like, the illustrated... Um, shit, sorry, my phone. I remember reading... I think it was the Silmarillion that had, like, a, an illustrated version when I was, like, eight or nine. It was beautiful. Was it Ian Day? Is that the, the artist? I think so. He's involved. There's a guy, David Day. David, maybe he's Ian's son. It was, there was, like, Ian... No, no, it wasn't Ian Miller. It was someone else. Um, he, his, his, he did, like, oil paintings... He did the um, illustrations for um, the most recent, the most recent release of from the Tolkien estate. Fuck, what was it called? It's beautiful. He, he does these incredible. Probably how you see the lamps. You know that painting of the lamps. Yeah, I know he. One, d- yeah. It's that artist, and he had illustrations of the elves, and those were what I had based them on in my ah, mind. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's what you've kind of got to try and truly let go of to try and give the show a fair chance, right? I think so, yeah. Because yeah. that, that's what I constantly find myself doing because I often, in my spare time, if I'm eating one of my, one of my many meals a day, <laughs> I'll just whack on like a, um, a like a, a token, token like law video. And it's always from the Men of the West channel. I just want to give a shout out to that channel. I think he shout does out. the best videos. Just like his, 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 he doesn't have an annoying voice and he covers it in a way that's like quite, uh, engrossing. There should be like a subcategory on YouTube of doesn't have an annoying voice because it's <laughs> oh, no. weird how many annoying voices. Oh, I, mean, I probably have an annoying voice to a lot of people too. I but... wouldn't say you've got an annoying voice. I think I've got an annoying voice personally. Everyone thinks their voice is yeah, annoying to be fair. True. You don't have an annoying voice. It's but the amount of times I've clicked on a YouTube video and just been like, yep, nope, like five <laughs> seconds in. Just and like... When they start talking about their life story and like you're waiting for them to start and they're like, hi, welcome to my YouTube video. This is like my logo. Can you like and subscribe? Here's loads of unnecessary information information i'm not going to tell you about what this video is about just yet it's just a really clickbaity title oh my god i want to so before we get into a video just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors raid shadow legends <laughs> speaking of which this is sponsored by this ad is sponsored by skillshare if you want to learn how to, <laughs> to, how to do ads yeah, on yeah. youtube yeah. why don't you subscribe to Skillshare? i should be paid just for saying that yeah yeah Fuck but uh, it's but it's do you know what i'm, I'm trying to i'm always trying to be as objective as possible and watch a show but there are a lot of things i i, I really like how the dwarves have been done Oh my uh, god, I love Disa. And I think Disa's great. And I've not seen episode four, so but this will be it's a good episode. The, it will and, uh, just as a pre warning, there will be some spoilers if you haven't seen it. Mm. But like I have heard that she sings in this particular episode. It's beautiful. 
yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. But oh. I really loved the introduction of her character as well. I thought it was, yes. it was done really well, and I thought she had that same. What I love about the dwarfs is it's probably the um, like the race of Middle Earth that I most uh, kind of like relate to because they're mainly cast as Scottish people, but they just have that <laughs> that that, 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 that kind of like Brawn. northern vulnerability to them. Like they yeah, they, they, they make themselves out to be really hard and tough. Tough, tough, <laughs> tough, <laughs> but they're actually like you know just like super like vulnerable and like I sensitive. Love it. I love that he, like Huron's mad that Durin, fuck's sake, Durin's mad that um, Elrond hasn't come by in twenty years. It's <laughs> yeah. so cute. I'm like, oh my god, you guys are such cute friends. Yeah, and I actually quite like Elrond as a character as well. I think he's grown on me. Yeah, t- at first I was like, who's this guy? It, yeah. it just it took me a while to because I think he's a perfect example of someone that doesn't have what. I would consider to be that much of an elvish appearance. Yeah, I agree. So, and and I, and I I'm sorry, but like he plays uh, young Ned Stark in the flashback oh, scene. Shit. It, that is, it, yeah. He plays young Ned Stark in the Tower of Joy scene, and and like, oh. and me and a few friends used to constantly uh, quote the phrase because he's so obviously putting on an accent to mimic um, Sean Bean's like uh, Yorkshire accent. And he goes like, no, now it ends. But it's just, <laughs> and every time I see his face, I just remember that scene. But I actually do think he's quite. No, he plays Elrond. Yeah, Elrond. <laughs> Elrond. <laughs> but I do think he plays a pretty good Elrond. I think. I think it's, he's it's, a good Elrond. It's very different yeah. from Hugo Weaving, and Hugo Weaving's such a distinct actor. I love Hugo Weaving. He he really gets a character. Like his work in V for Vendetta was amazing. Oh, he was v Vendetta so was great. good in that. Yeah. Yeah, talking the good adaptations. I love what they've done with that, that film, and think they made adaptation. some great changes. I think which made more sense yeah. for the film as well. Mate, that uh, is such a good duo. Like Natalie Portman in that is on fire. It's her, right? Yeah, it's Natalie Portman. She's yeah, fucking fire. So good. I just love the last scene at the end when, oh, he's, when he's like the taking train. them out with the knives oh, on the train. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I always cry at that bit. Yeah. 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 Just love it. I just, I'm I, so sad the Edge Lords like decide to appropriate that. I was literally just gonna say that. It's like it's so been appropriated by like incels and Edge Lords, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. But now it's it won't be interesting. We were looking at a bit we were looking up some of our Elrond's uh, lineage before yeah, we uh, mad before incest. we filmed this. And yeah, so one of the cool things about Elrond is um it'd be cool to see if there's a connection with him in any of the um and the Numenorians, because it is his twin brother that ends up founding Numenor. He is the first king because he chooses the uh, life Zoom of a mortal man. Care. Yeah. And um, yeah, it'd be cool to see, because the thing is, Elrond is kind of like the friend of all peoples in Middle-earth. That's his role, because he is descended from, or has blood of most races. He's got blood of the elves, men, and even the gods, loosely, through his... Uh... But no dwarvish. No dwarvish, it's the one, no. It's the one no. he's missing. He'd probably look a bit weird. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> yeah, and no Hobbit blood. Yeah, no, no Hobbit blood either. No, no, no. So that's another edition of the show that I think caused uh, a few bones of contention is the inclusion oh. of the Harfoots. Um, but we were actually looking up the um, this book that we've got here, the Token Bestiary. Yeah. Bestiary. Bestiary. And um, it was saying in there that the Hobbits, although they only appeared in Middle-earth, uh, or migrated to the main part of Middle-earth in 1050 of the Third Age, that they would have actually awoken the same time as the men. Mm. So they are a sub-branch of men, that, and it is confirmed that they were kicking about as early as the First Age, we just don't know where. So it's not too un- unfeasible to believe that they were around at that time. And there's also an entry on the Harfords, and they are described as having nut-brown skin. That's very true, yep. Fuck you, anti-woke moralists. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's um, but the, the the only thing I find quite puzzling about the the half which is that they've all got Irish accents and some of them not as great as the others. No, so really like, not. like I do feel like I'm sometimes I am kind of watching like a CBBC drama like Stig of the Dump. It or, is or very Queen's BBC Nose. vibes. Yeah, I remember the Queen's Nose that that show squared squared <laughs> scared me. Oh, well, the Queen's Nose. There's a there's an episode where the main character gets thrown into a giant dustbin, and there's like a really similar one outside my aunt's house. Oh, no, and no. like he, they get trapped in the dustbin, and I think they almost get like thrown into a garbage um, van and like crushed by the <laughs> by the um, crushy things. Like the compactor then. Yeah, so yeah. they need to get compacted to death. And I was like a kid when I watched this, and it really messed me up. God damn, that's, I don't remember that episode. Yeah. I was more of a demon headmaster kid myself. I love that show. Yeah. He looks like Jeremy Corbyn. He does a bit, yeah. Yeah. Kind of looks like a weird cross between Jeremy Corbyn and he, yeah, I kind of got David Blunkett vibes from him. Jacob Rees-Mogg. No, he looks more like Jeremy Corbyn. He's a bit of Jacob Rees-Mogg, isn't it? I can see yeah, a bit of that. Yeah, I think I think Blunkett's a good. I wonder what happened to his dog. A Blunkett's dog. Yeah, he had a dog. Probably dead. I mean, that was years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Thing. I always get sad when I watch old TV shows and see animals. I think they're, yeah. they're, they're long dead. Well, all the dogs that were alive when we were born are now dead. Every single one, pretty much. That's true. But yeah. saying that, my uncle had a cat that lived to 26, around nice. about the same time I was like in my mid-20s. That's so that cat literally lived almost as long as I did. I think it died like 28 or something. Probably had a good life, didn't have yeah. to work. No I think taxes. the oldest living cat's like 34. That cat must be so tired. Yeah, it looks 34. There's a picture of it once. Looks like it's seen some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love how grumpy they get when they're older. They oh, see no. so much stuff that like, I'm good. Yeah, my uncle's cat had like a lazy eye and it would drill all the time. Oh, went, so like that. It was... <laughs> I love it when their teeth stick out. Have you seen the monster truck cat? Oh, I love that cat. Yeah, that cat is so cute. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. It's uh, what were we talking about token related before we got on to... Uh, the Harfords. Oh, the so Harfords. Irish. Why are they Irish? Yeah, not sure about that. And I do, yeah, so I think some of the dialogue can be a bit hammy. Um, yeah. And obviously they are connected to the Meteor Man that appears at the end Meteor of the first Man. episode. I like your theory about the Meteor Man. I agree with it. So I've got a theory. So there's a lot of people who I think are making the assumption that it's Gandalf. I think they're throwing out a red herring that it might be Gandalf by the inclusion of the runes and he's got similar mannerisms. And there's a scene where he like raises his voice and the trees kind of all bend inwards to, towards him and it darkens, very similar to what he does to Bilbo mm. in the um, in Bag End. Yeah. Um, so I think they want to make you think it's Gandalf, but I think it's probably going to be a Balrog. Um, I agree. Have you seen all the trailers? For what? The Rings of Power. Did you watch all of them? That I don't released? know. Okay. Maybe. How, how are you for spoilers? I don't care, but I think we've already talked about because I I genuinely think it's a Balrog. Yeah, because um, like, with the, I think the the Gandalf stuff is intentional because if you think about the scene where he's dragged into Khazad-dûm by the Balrog, it's the fall of Gandalf, and this is the rise of the Balrog. And I think there's a lot of pe- like mirror imagery between the two, and like the Gandalf, um, the Gandalf reincarnation is based on something called the Taroctomy which comes from Mithraic religion. It's like something that Tolkien directly based that storyline off and it's where like the reincarnation myth of like Jesus and all that shit comes from too. So that's like a really old thing. Um, And I think what they're doing here is like showing the parallel between the rise and fall of the the Balrog with the rise and fall of Gandalf. Yeah. I didn't think about it like that, but that would make a lot of sense. Mm. I think think that is a good way of kind of, you know, making that connection to... um, Because they are of the same race and that's what people... Yeah. Sometimes forget or don't realize that they're both Myars and they both have One old Myars have shape shifting esque abilities. They could take on any form mm-hmm. they kind of choose in Middle Earth. So And the fire is cold. 
Yes. As well, which is like an evil thing. Yeah. There's no warmth of goodness and shit. Yeah. So that's one of the popular theories going about. Uh, there's another one that, you know, the child that found the hilt? Of yeah. The sword? yeah. People are trying to say that that could be the Witch King. Oh, interesting. Or one of the Nazgul, anyway. I think Adar is either Sauron or is going to be one of the Ringwraiths. So Adar is the... Because you he, meet Adar. He, so that's the long-haired character that appears at the end of the third episode, right? With the scar. With the elf that's captured a Rondir. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I reckon we could be seeing a completely new character there. I don't think it's Sauron. I don't think it's Sauron. I'm still of the belief that the character, Halbrand, who is the character that Galadriel meets on you the... You still uh, think he's Sauron? Raft. I think... I do still think he's Sauron. Hmm. But they could also be doing the same thing that they're doing with the Gandalf red herons with the Meteor Man. I, I think, think they so. might be throwing some red herons there because the first character, the first phrase Halbrand says when he first rescues Galadriel is not everyone appears as they seem or something to that effect. Mm. And I thought, well, that's a bit ominous. And he keeps making references from being from the Southlands. Of course, the Southlands is also Mordor. It's that stupid um, monster energy um, symbol as well. Yeah. And there's a scene when he's in Numenor where, like, he takes on the guards quite easily. And yeah, like, that's true. That is, like, a moment where, like, you're not supposed to be this powerful for just a normal dude. And you're not Numenorian as well. You're a Southlander, so you shouldn't be that powerful. And that's a very good point you just made, because the Numenorians are, in in many ways, physically uh, yeah. very superior to the, to the races of men that are on Middle-earth, you know, because mm. they do have the half-elven blood. Um, so they they are bigger in stature to the point where you know like Sauron willingly um, surrenders to the Numenorians when they storm uh, Mordor in the Second Age, and which is ends up being their downfall because he gets taken back to Numenor as a captor, but then ends up becoming an advisor and convinces most of them to worship Morgoth instead of uh, the Valar and it's the gods. Really interesting because you know that boat scene um, where like there's, there's all the other the stranded people on that boat. I think that might be a reference to a French painting and I'm going to oh. try and show it to you because it's about um, some people who were shipwrecked and they started eating each other um, and I think they start throwing the slaves um, off this raft and it was based on a thing that actually happened but the painting is really similar in composition to how they first appear um, really? in that scene if I remember correctly it's called The Raft of the Medusa and it's like loads of people on a raft. Um, oh, that's cool. It's a bit Dali-esque, like the color palettes and stuff. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's eighteen eighteen, so it's pre-Dali. Yeah. Um, hang on, yeah, you, you keep going. I'll, I'll circle back to yeah, it with I the actual thing that, that happened. There. It's um, but yeah, there was an interesting scene. Um, it did also, unfortunately, illustrate one of the moments where I kind of groaned a bit at Galadriel because I think. It's kind of silly of her to just jump off the ship and attempt to swim back thousands of miles back to Middle-earth. But it's... Um, but like I said, you know, it's you, you just, you've just got to remember that it, it is uh, an adaptation. And, you know, like, I don't like to write things off before they're fully fleshed out. And, you know, and to the point of some of the dialogue being a bit hammy and stuff, I think, I can't remember if I was with you about this or someone else, but so often at the beginning of TV shows, you go back and watch the first season of Game of Thrones, first season of a lot of shows, it takes sometimes it takes a while for the actors to develop, you know, that synergy and being able to bounce off each other as actors. 
Um, and I feel like we could just be seeing that in this show where it could just be taking them a while to yeah, for the characters to develop fully because so many shows I've watched, but, but the characters are so different and more fleshed out by the last season than they are first season on. And, you know, and with the source material that they're taking on here, I do think it is worthwhile just giving it a chance and seeing how the first season pans out or not and that's the beauty of any form of media you could do whatever the fuck you want yeah you know what i mean if you don't want to watch it you, th- you thought the first few episodes are crap then then yeah just don't watch it in it yeah so it's I that agree. simple <laughs> i totally agree you know yeah. um I, I all of my favorite tv shows first two seasons suck like yeah. my favorite tv show of all time is probably deep space nine first two seasons suck same with next generation first season is horrific yeah it's so badly made and like you know um patrick stewart was told by his agent because Stuart didn't want to do Star Trek. He was told by his agent, just do it for one season. It's never going to get, you know, don't worry about it. It's just a job. Go do it. And then it became like one of the biggest TV shows of the Damn. 90s, which is so wild. It was so popular because that was, um, what, what, what kind of decade was it that Patrick Stewart first took on? 91. I think that's when it came out. Yeah, that makes sense because yeah. I do remember that being like the season that was on TV when I was growing up and stuff. And, Same, and it yeah. was huge. Like there's so many Star Trek fans. Yeah. And in many ways it kind of, made a lot of improvements to the overall kind of like legendarium from the original series right oh it was so much better than i mean the thing is like roddenberry's vision with star trek was that he wanted to show a universe with infinite diversity and infinite combinations and like he definitely released the 60s version of that but in the 90s it wasn't it wasn't modern it wasn't like what it was doing at the time so what he did with next generation was like the next gen it was literally yeah he was doing yeah. he was doing that it was great so was roddenberry still alive by the time of next generation or he died um to near the end i think it was either near the end of next generation yeah it was near the end of next generation or the beginning of deep space nine um because basically Rodden- one of roddenberry's whole things was that he didn't want religion to be in star trek um but then like one of the big arcs that happens in deep space nine is a religious one but it's not a human religion style thing it's really good okay the way they do it. and it actually is about like the kind of push and pull of how religion impacts um like like secular activity so to speak um and yeah so basically what happened is after roddenberry died rick berman who's a piece of shit producer who's responsible for the death of one of the best characters on deep space nine because she asked to be paid an equal amount to her male counterparts so they fired her um and there's like another series like he basically introduced all the sexist and disgusting plot lines into star trek where like you know um, seven of nine in voyager was she they put her in such a tight outfit that she would faint on a regular basis god and it would take her 20 minutes to unzip it to go to the toilet but instead of being like oh don't worry we'll get you like a normal human style like not sexual outfit that like constricts you so much because the corset they just had nurses on set with oxygen that's insane yeah he was fucked and he like gave the um marina satis an eating disorder because he kept calling her fat that's just which is disgusting crazy Rick berman <laughs> he ruined star trek um but thankfully it's back yeah um the the new star trek is great disco is fantastic um yeah but lord of the rings the raft if it's okay for me to bring it back to the yeah, raft sure. of the medusa the reason i'm it made me think of the medusa i'm i was just rereading it is like there were 400 people on this on this ship that got wrecked and all these people um decided to go to rafts of 400 people 15 survived and they survived by killing a lot of people and throwing them off the raft um until there was like only a small number of people left and like the image of that painting is like the the final 15 killing the rest of the the guys and like that image 
is like such a it's such a powerful image because and like when it came out so to speak in the 1800s people were like whoa this is this is wild because it shows it's a piece of art that shows people being horrific and disgusting and like the darkness of man and i found it really interesting that how brand is introduced in a similar context yeah. of like these people are fleeing from war um and like they're clearly the dynamics on that raft is like no we don't want more people we need to have these water for ourselves like it's very raft of medusa style and i feel like how brand is the corrupting factor i feel like he is a representation of that darkness that leads people to do that which is why i agree i think he might be sauron because when he goes to numenor the same thing happens he's he literally gets into a fight he's like the corrupting force yeah yeah yeah, that's that's a very yeah. Because I didn't know any of that about like the. It's a great painting as well. It's beautiful. Intents yeah. and purposes, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, because I think yeah, either Sauron or or maybe a potential Nazgul as well, or like uh, or one of the uh, one of the kings of the men of the south that end up being one of Sauron's mm. servants, because he has got the faithful servants of the men of the east and the and the south. And I think that's actually part of the show that I would like to see developed. Because the cool thing about uh, the lore is there's still a lot of it that's undiscovered that wasn't fully fleshed out by Tolkien yeah, himself. The creation so of the Nazgul would be amazing. That would be cool because there's only a few that are named, so they can mm. easily, you know, work with and go for, make a few characters that um, that end up becoming one of the ring race. Mm. Um, and you could focus on like the people of Harad in the south a bit more as well. I think hopefully, won't be, be cool. too racist. Yeah, no. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> they won't be as bad as uh, Dawn on Game of Thrones. Oh, I mean, the, no. I love Peter Jackson, but the way they depicted the Haradrim was horrific. It How was, so? It was yeah, very three hundred. Yeah, it was very three hundred. It's like, oh look, these savage brown people are here, and they're going, you and they've got this face paint, and they're wearing bones. Oh look, they're cannibals. Oh, they're so savage. Oh, okay. Yeah, riding elephants. Yeah. There was that one scene, I think, when they tried to scale it back. If you remember, there was the... I think it's only in the extended edition, though. But there's, like, the dead Haradrim soldier. And they're saying, oh, look, he's just a boy. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know but, the bit you mean. Like, but, yeah, But it's, it's more like, oh, these people are so savage, they send their children to war. That's how it, that's how it yeah. came across to yeah. me. Look at these child soldier-having motherfuckers, like, yeah. these brown people. It's, it, well, yeah, when you put it that way, it is very old-school Hollywood cowboys versus Indians, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I wasn't a huge fan of that. But yeah. I mean, that's how Tolkien wrote it. So yeah, because I, I love Tolkien, but he wasn't always great. No, and you know, and much of this, much in the same way, people of that time, unfortunately, it was a it was a very problematic time. But uh, it's always been problematic times. But yeah. there's, there's always been people who aren't of their time. I think a lot of people weren't like that too. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know where I sit on that. It's I think it's a very big gray area. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Lovecraft, for example, he was not. He was racist even for his time he yeah. was particularly racist I, I think there are some people that do fall out of that category but i don't think necessarily tolkien's one of them i don't like how he's done some things i'm like damn tolkien you racist yeah. twat but i get it at the same time i think the, the thing with him i suppose because he, he, I, even though he's very big on his works not being allegorical they clearly all, are i mean that's cool nazis yeah i mean he was all he, yeah he was all about like creating his own mythos but yeah you're right there's so much of it you know it's your standard you know and he was a devout Christian, right? Yeah. But, but it's just standard. Him and C.S. Lewis would have big debates in the Inklings. Yeah. In the, the Eagle and Child pub in Oxford about, it is the Eagle and Child, right? About how, maybe it isn't, about how, like, different, how their Christianity was better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the C.S. Lewis was definitely worse yeah. than Tolkien. It, with his racism, it's disgusting. Like, I do not, I loved 
those books growing up, I read all of them. But looking back on it now, I'm like, oh my God, there's so much white supremacy in fantasy. But that doesn't yeah. mean that we need to do it now just to be faithful to the adaptation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I think therein lies a major um, flaw in that argument anyway, in that it's an adaptation. You know, there's so much about... Mm what they have rights to that is un- that's not been fleshed out that yeah. they 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 are able to make a world that is more reflective of the world we live in today precisely and it's like you know like and, and you just got to and people are saying like oh yeah but everything's got to be appeasing you know like a, a certain you know like quota and all the arguments get tokenism but then if you think about it, you can actually use the original the original Lord of the Rings trilogy as an argument against that, yeah. in the sense that you know that was something that was made within our time, which did have predominantly white cast. It was extremely white. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and and that exists like you yeah, know, but was... like most fantasy is white. Yeah, like there's a an author Ursula K. Le Guin who wrote the Earthsea series, and in the series she specifically states the majority of people in Earthsea are black. Yeah. The main character is black the most disappointing characters are not white um white people are seen as savage and weird in this whole world and that's that was intentional they did a film adaptation um or tv adaptation like 2001 everyone was white of course and like ursula was like guys that was literally the opposite of what i was trying to do like at that point, because like this is the thing, I think a lot of people would hear that and be like, "Oh, they're doing that for us white people now. They're making that like we're a minority." The thing is, right? The majority of media is a written by white people for white people, and b is like most films are white people. Like, look, look at this Little Mermaid shit. The majority, like, there's not been a single black princess, like ever, in the in the Disney stuff. Like, there, ha- there has not been one. Yeah. Like, not in not in the cartoons and shit. Like the the guy who wrote that, a she wasn't white with red hair, in the actual original text, and b he was gay and it was an allegory for forbidden love, yeah. and c it was set in the Caribbean. Yeah. It was set in like a Caribbean colony of Denmark. So, what the majority of people in the Caribbean are black. The majority of people who drowned in the Caribbean are black. So it it. I'm sorry, like the original Little Mermaid was not faithful <laughs> to the yeah. original. So it's an adaptation. And like, I'm not, I'm not like, oh, how dare they uh, like cast a white character in that? It's just get over it. Like, yeah. there, there are more non white people in the world than there are white people in the world. Yeah. So why not have less, <laughs> like, more, more people seeing themselves in the media they consume? Yeah. yeah. And also, there's more fucking press and issues in the world happening. Frankly, yes. Yeah, than fucking. Oh, you know, they're what, the wrong color. Yeah, just like. What does? That, how does that change the text? Like, Explain why that's a plot point. Yeah. Yeah. It's. That's an interesting one, and I think it was always going to be something that was going to um, pop up with just a certain contingency yeah. of the token fan base, but like, for the most part, I think um, I think the jury's still out for me. I'm yet to watch episode four myself. I like so I really like what they've done yeah. with Numenor. I like the, the visual Numenor of Numenor. Epic. I thought Ellen Deal was really well cast. I think he yeah. looks very like regal and he looks like a like a like a powerful Numenorian. Mm. Um so it'd be cool to see how that character's fleshed out. And and you know, and it's um and they've they've added the new character, so he doesn't have have a daughter in the lore. Mm. But he's got a daughter in the T V show. 
and it'd be cool to see what happens and the uh, kind of the relationship between Isildur and Anerion because they are the ones who go on to establish a Gondor and Arnor and are key players in like the realms of men. I realise Isil means river and he dies in a river. Oh yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone that's never watched the uh, Lord of the Rings films. <laughs> but it's... Um, but yeah, I think it's this is always going to be the problem that I thought they were going to have. There's a lot of arcs and there's a lot of dense material that they're working with. And I think they're going to have a hard time, you know, keeping it interesting and keeping people's attention span. Yeah. Because I think that's where Peter Jackson was so masterful. Because he was able to shave off and truncate parts of the law that made it more palatable for a, a visual project like a film. And I think the TV show is is trying to do the same. Like, they've definitely truncated the timelines a bit. And, you know, like, I think you're going to see the creation of the rings and, and Sauron appearing as, as Anatar, the Lord of Gifts. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see that condensed a fair amount. Oh, instead of over, instead of what actually took place over centuries and close to a millennia, I think we're going to see it over a span of maybe a few years, which I think makes sense for what they've been given the rights to do. So, If you think about it, even though, like... TV has to be fast. Yeah. Like, they, they have to... The, that's what the investors expect of TV. Like, they they can't waste any time. Like, every scene... Like, the thing is with Peter Jackson is he had the space to do nothing. Yeah. And, like, a, a lot of really satisfying to watch things have a lot of that nothing space. That's why Studio Ghibli is so nice to watch. Because, like, they have this concept called Ma in, in like, Japanese aesthetic law, aesthetic... Um, principles which is empty space which is why in a lot of ghibli you will see just like an image of a, a cup of tea steaming on a table and there's no narrative that's not a narrative device it's there and it's beautiful and it adds to the vibe but we don't have that in western television very much i think like there are exceptions like the uh, third or fourth season of the hannibal tv show fantastic use of that yeah. um but it's not watchable yeah like and if you're spending uh, like yeah seven eighty million you can't do stuff like that you have to yeah. that budget has to be used on like specific things and i think it is mostly cgi as you say yeah it's a mammoth task and then like I said they have got so many different people to please mm-hmm. you know when it comes to like the corporate uh sponsors that are involved Precisely, and people and yeah. you know the studios and it's it's as well as the actual you know like uh, end customer demographic as well yeah so it's 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 a mammoth task and not an enviable one really I think you know. I think they're given a good crack of it, and I, I think, think it looks amazing, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, and that's like really that's I couldn't ask for anything more than that. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. and you know it keeps me wanting to watch more, and that's the main thing. You know, and that's partly out of me wanting to see just any adaptation of something token related. But I think if it was so shit to the point where it was unwatchable, then I wouldn't have watched the second episode. Yeah, so exactly. Uh, there's something in it that's kind of making me think. Okay, there's something here that is worth seeing through to the end and i think purely on the basis that you know that you do have to give tv shows a bit of a chance to get things off the ground so they need to lay those foundations early on which is what i think they've been doing in these first few episodes they've been establishing the different kingdoms there's a little bit of time spent in kazadoom numenor you know like um wherever the hobbits are yeah wherever the (laughs) fuck that is yeah (laughs) those weird antler people i don't like that antler thing yeah that was strange yeah so it's um so I think once the main uh sort of uh settings and landscapes and characters uh the foundations of them have been laid in the show, I think we're gonna be seeing 
then we'll see like the interesting developments because show's called rings of palace it's obviously going to be about the creation of the rings so we know sauron's going to turn up at some point mm. uh we're going to see uh, the battles between him and the people of um of area door so the main section of middle earth and all of the sacking of all the elven kingdoms so so it's going to be i think um once things kick off i think it might be a very interesting prospect and i'm hoping it's going to be you know even close to the standard that's been set by um the uh the peter jackson trilogy and even some of the episodes of game of thrones i think some of the battle scenes on there were done tremendously not so much in the later season but i, I think that you know for me personally there's nothing more exciting than seeing a really well choreographed battle scene it's, I just, love... it's just really exciting to watch yeah i agree i think there's some some good stuff on house of the dragon I've got to give that a shout out. That's been like a real, um, what's the word, like dark horse, I'd say. Yeah, it's yeah, because I think because there was no hype around it. No. In many ways, they've got the exact opposite fucking problem yeah. that Lord of the Rings has. It's really good, but no one's watching it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is legit. Like I do not like, I never liked Matt Smith. Yeah. Um, but he's so good in this. I've heard he's good. I've he's heard Paddy Considine's good as well. I think he plays the king. Yeah, he's he is so he has so much hubris. Yeah, he has so much hubris. You're like he's Shakespearean in yeah. terms of the amount of hubris this fucking guy has. Like, yeah. I am waiting for him to have a horrible death. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like all the characters have really interesting con- conflicting desires, which I think is like the the basis of really good drama. Are you up to date on it or? Uh, I haven't watched the last half of the most recent episode okay, because cool. my device failed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been meaning to watch it because I have heard good things, and you know, in many ways, like you know, there's no hype surrounding that show because they came off of, uh, after one of the worst yeah, that... seasons. Well, I mean, worse in terms of how it was received generally. I mean, people absolutely shat on that season. I wasn't a fan of season eight. I don't think it was their fault. It was. This I, th- the I think thing. they were running off to do Star Wars, and then it didn't happen. Um, and the... I think that's part of why it was like that. And I think this is something that, you know, as an uh, when you're younger, you don't really take these things into consideration. But when you're adult, you've got to take the the politics of the film and TV landscape into consideration here. Mm. And you've got to try and at least show some semblance of understanding as to how shows have come to a certain conclusion. And I think, you know, everyone says, you know, Game of Thrones could have went on for another few seasons. But it's at the end of the day, I think. Um, kind of had to end. So Shem wants to make a point. No, 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 no. I was just interested. So basically, he's showing me a, a breakdown of the viewership. Um, Rings of Power first... For, this is US households, so this isn't worldwide. 1.8 million... You don't, wanna, you don't want me to say this? No, no, it's all right. It's, it's confusing the way they've laid it out. Okay. I've heard quite conflicted things. I've heard that Rings of Power... Uh, sorry, House of the Dragon has been performing... Uh, better than Rings of Power currently. I think in terms of reviews, yeah, it's doing better. But I think, you know, partly it, it doesn't have... It's got underdog status, whereas Rings of Power doesn't. Rings of Power, no. like, people's expectations were so high. Yeah. And, like, you can't... The thing is, Peter, Peter Jackson spent years making each individual film, whereas, like, it's not the same with a TV show. Like, there's no. so many different moving parts compared to a single narrative. There's, like, multiple narratives in a TV show. So it's not as easy, I would no. argue. No. No, definitely not. But... In any in any way, uh, there's at the end of the day, there's two fantasy shows out there for people to digest, which is two more than there has been recently. So I've been I feel good, unlike the fact that they're they're doing more Wheel of Time as well, which was the most watched TV show ever when it was released. Really? Yeah, ever. I don't know how it's if it's changed because of these two shows, but like I mean, if you think about it, Wheel of Time is like 
an internationally best-selling fantasy book. Yeah. Yeah. What studio is that? It was Amazon. It was Amazon. It was Amazon. Okay. Yeah, there yeah. was there was definitely some ropey stuff in it, and like the um, the Trollocs looked shit. They they were really the 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 ones with practical effects looked good, but then they had to rely on a lot of CGI. They didn't have nearly as much budget, so like the CGI battles were terrible. But there are some battles in Wheel of Time that are insane. I'll have to watch it. And if they if they get to Demise Wells. I would love to see how they do that on film because it is literally Vietnam because the author went to Vietnam and a lot of ah. stuff in that is a, a bit of like Vietnam trauma, you yeah. might argue, with like the way that men use magic because men are corrupted. Yeah. The, the source of magic for men is, is like, it's very binary. And the one non-binary character is evil, which is a bit J.K. Rowling. But with that aside, um, yeah, like it's really interesting how how men... Magic is different for men and it's different for women. And has it been renewed for a second season? Or? Yeah, it was immediately renewed for a second season. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. There's loads of good shit out. You've got the second part of Dune coming out in the next few years. Oh, yeah. So. And that's fucking amazing. Yeah. I want I want an Earthsea TV show. I think that's the next thing they need to do is Ursula K. Le Guin Earthsea TV show. I've not even heard of that. That's the one I was talking about. With the, It's really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's similar to the Lord of the Rings um, wizard magic because they use the... the language of the earth of like of each individual like the elemental language of all things as they were sung yeah. in the song um where and like in ursula k in earthsea magic operates by remembering like the name of everything in old tongue and everything has a name and like if you learn the name of a thing you can manipulate it and and people have names but they don't know what their names are so like though your name is floyd you would have an earthsea name in the old tongue and oh, like you okay. get to a point where you go to you go to a wizard or a witch to find out what your real name is yeah. and you only tell you don't even tell like your partner necessarily what your true name is yeah. you only reveal it to like your most trusted people if ever you reveal it at all because if like, someone knows your true name they can use it to like completely fuck you up I'll say, I remember now, this is the show you were talking about earlier, where they completely They're just completely, the, yeah. like, whitewashed the so show. So was that on the film they done, or was that a TV show? It was a show? film or a TV... I think it was a TV show. I'm was not that, sure. It was, yeah, but it, it was like a US it, company that oh, okay. completely whitewashed it, yeah. Yeah, I just don't get that. It's like, you know when they do, like, Western versions of films? There's like a old Western boy. old boy. It sucks. Have you what? I've never watched I've that. Watched I have watched it. About it this. sucks. There's really. so much product placement. Like, there's a bit where they put them in an LV trunk, like a Louis Vuitton oh, trunk. Oh, fuck, I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, it's like, why are you doing it's it's so bad it's just not needed do you know what i mean like there's no these films uh consumed by a western audience anyway you don't need to make western adaptations of and things. they watered it down they yeah. watered down the incest mm-hmm. which is like the the impact of it is the point of the horror of that film yeah and everything else as well that's like the whole that's the whole crux of the revenge plot Yes, that he's convinced him to have a relationship with his own fucking daughter. Yeah, it, it's like yeah. the most Shakespearean, eatable thing, fucking ever. And like that hammer scene is one of my favorite fight scenes oh, in cinema. Like it's a perfect film. They didn't need to change it. They did no. not need to adapt it with like designer clothing. No, yeah, it just it does. It sounds like uh, I know it got critically panned when it was released, but yeah. they just have a habit of doing that. But then you know that's what happens when a lot of the industry is driven by money. I suppose isn't that you know? Is it's that capitalist thing? They got to please the lowest common denominator, and that's often like not particularly entertaining yeah yeah so i think they're doing a remake of the raid i don't know if you've ever watched the raid no probably the best action film ever oh interesting in my opinion. i have to watch that it's uh oh no is it is it singaporean i think so might be wrong no it's indonesian sorry oh you know what Apologies. i think I, I can see the cover of it in my mind yeah. it's indonesian uh, but it's actually directed by a welsh guy 
Oh, okay. The same guy that done the first season of Gangs of London. Did you go watch that show? No. Sorry, but it's got it one was, of those um, silly names. It reminds me of that, um, what's that dragon film where like dragons invade London? Oh, God, that sounds shit. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's got no. like dragon. Rain of Fire. I don't know why, but Gangs of London <laughs> reminds me of Fair Rain enough. of Fire. I don't know why. But the raid is amazing. Like, okay. Action-wise, it is just insane. But they're doing like, I think, a US remake, I think. That's uh, going to be shit. I'm just like, yeah. Well, so I've heard. Same with Train to Busan as well. I think we were talking about zombie films earlier, and Train to Busan, in my opinion, is 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 close to Twenty Eight Days Later when it comes to like good zombie films and the remake of that come down the line. But... A remake in the Mummy as well. Oh, they really? I think so. Yeah. I thought they already they they, they done one with Tom Cruise, right? Which oh my god, did they? Which tanked. I hope I hope I never I hope I forget immediately that that <laughs> happened. It was meant to be like part of this giant monster verse they were building. They were going to be doing like kind of like a, a Marvel. Who did uh, the Scorpion King? I, I, you know, this is going to sound weird, but I really fancied The Rock as a giant scorpion. I thought he looked really good because <laughs> he had long hair. I thought yeah. he looked really cool. Have, have you seen it? Have you ever seen that scene recently? Like it's, it, the CGI of it has aged terribly. I think he did the eyebrow thing in it as well. He does, yeah. There's a scene where he's coming towards the camera as as the giant scorpion. He does the people's eyebrow. Oh, God. That was his first row. <laughs> I thought he looked... Re- I mean, seven-year-old Nina was like, damn, who's that? I love The Mummy Returns. Oh man, that film is so good. It's crazy to think that The Rock would have been the, the maybe in his twenties then. No, he looks the same. No, who did his voice in the film? No. Max Cavalera. What? No. That's fucking weird. That's crazy. Was that the guy that was at Death Fest? That was the other one. That's his brother. <laughs> Look, That's his brother I don't Eagle Cavalera. Okay. That- I'm sorry. Matt's Cavalera is the one that left and then formed Soulfly, but he's on good terms with Eagle now. They they do the Cavalera conspiracy <laughs> and play like material from some of the Sepultura albums. That name has aged badly, I've got but to say. That reminds me of the fact that um, that Mike Patton. We were talking about I Legend earlier. Was it I, am I am Legend? I am Legend. So yeah. I'm getting confused with I Robot and I Am Legend. <laughs> they're but, both Will, that's funny. They're both Will Smith films. Yeah. But in I Am Legend, uh, Mike Patton does the voices of like the the zombie like vam- vampiric creatures. Oh, so he does like all like the snarls and stuff. That's so cool. He's yeah. got the highest range of anyone ever. Like he's got a world record for it. Oh, has he actually got the world record for that? I think it's got. I think it's like something like twelve octaves or something Damn. ridiculous. Yeah. I think Rob Halford's got quite a lot of octaves as well, is he not? I think but, he does. He's yeah. got a lot of high octaves, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Mad respect. Well, I think we've sufficiently covered the first few episodes of Rings yeah. of Power. I can't maybe, wait to. Maybe it's something we'll revisit as the series progresses. We should do it like after the finale because yeah. I think we'll probably be like really excited. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for watching. I'm sure we're going to have some hot takes in the comments for this one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's going to be some steaming ones. <laughs> yeah. Some steaming turd hot takes. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you're not bored of our rings at this point. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Feel free to like and subscribe. Goodbye. Till next time. <laughs>